What's going on, my friends? Welcome on out to Behind the Energy Podcast, where we dive into behind the scenes of DJing, entrepreneurship, and all the excitement in between. We got some friends, some cool people joining us, and a lot of fun stories. So without further ado, let's jump into Behind the Energy Podcast. January 10th, 2022, Behind the Energy Podcast, episode number 25, and uh, we're sitting in uh, the studio with uh, my boy DJ Jerry. What's up? Hey, how's it going, man? Okay. Hold, actually, before we go any further, I feel like I should have known this uh, like seven years ago. How do you pronounce your last name? Balderrama. Balderrama. There it is. Okay, I had or, it right. I didn't want to butcher it. You could roll your R's too if you want. Balderrama. <laughs> Balderrama. 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 Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, it's close. Uh, we're starting it off, and I'm already butchering <laughs> it. Uh, uh, so Jerry has been a homie for a number of years. I was reflecting back as I was doing notes, and I was trying to think, like, what was the first event we spun together? And the first one that comes to mind was that uh, kind of beach party. The Sam Peaks one, right? Was that it? That's the one was that, that, really that came into my, mind, into my mind as well, so I'm guessing yes. Do you know when we met officially for the first time? It might have been that event, honestly. I feel like everything went down on that day. Okay. Because you were throwing down some Drake and Josh. I was like, dude, this guy's legit. Yo. I love it. <laughs> I love that you remember that. Uh, I, I did, unfortunately, now you play at an event and like very few people would know. I mean, depending on the demographics, but mm-hmm. like, I feel like very few people would know. But um, I, I genuinely feel like there's another another day or another event when our paths like, crossed. But that sounds about right. It was uh, the Seven Peaks party. I think was that Vico C D correct Vico C J and Dane, Dane. Uh, and um, uh, Nico and Vince. Did I get that right? Were the oh the yeah headliner headliner artists? There was there's somebody else too. Do you know? Do you remember? I can't remember the artist. No. Okay, shoot. Huh. Anyways, that was like what 2016, 2015? Potentially, yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> at least six, seven years. Wow. DJ Jerry's in the house. He's been spinning a lot longer <laughs> than six, seven years. Um, I believe we're at 11 or 12 now? 12? 12 years. Yes. 12 years. Okay. So with that being said, uh, Jerry, if you could uh, give uh, us and the listeners, the viewers, shout out <laughs> everyone viewing on YouTube. Muchos gracias. We're, we're building that. It's, it's new, but it's, uh, it, it's coming. Uh, Jerry, if you could give the viewers, the listeners, a a brief introduction to your world in the entertainment industry, I think it's it's kind of unique with your father um, and right. is his profession being an entrepreneur and a DJ. Um, mm-hmm. If you could give an introduction of those that that early time being introduced to the world of entertainment and DJing, what what does that look like? What what did that look like at the time? Yeah, for sure. So as Mr. Parker, DJ Live mentioned, um, my dad, he's been in the game for many, many years. Obviously, I shadow him as a young kid, helped him out with little events here and there, and slowly transitioned to becoming what he started. And obviously, in the beginning, I didn't really want to do it because my nature is introvertness. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to DJ. <laughs> it's not my thing. I'm too shy, right? And then as time passed by, like music started becoming part of me more and I naturally started navigating towards DJing and you know started as that bedroom DJ with virtual DJs playing on my desktop messing around mashing up songs and then from there I was just like okay 
uh, this is my love. Like, I love this. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I did my first event at age 15. Yo, 15 years old. That's 15 dope. years old. And there's only two people there. And it was amazing because after that, those two dudes that were there, they're like, hey, you killed it. Let's do it again next week. And we'll bring all the people. So were they were they friends at the time? Like they were high just school friends, completely, completely strangers. You did you host the event uh, at fifteen years old? I didn't host it. It was I was invited to DJ at this new venue. Okay, now it's taken down. It was in Provo, and okay. what was the, what was the name? Uh, Eclipse or Eclipse, okay. Enigma? They changed yeah. to Enigma. Got sold now. It's they, not a venue anymore. It's not a venue anymore. It got teared down by the uh, city. And, oh wow! Uh, Enigma somewhere else now. So is it right off the freeway? Uh, no, it's like. Kind of, but like Rancho Market, down by like the border of Orem, Provo area. I don't know that area. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anyways. But, anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so that venue's opening up, and my dad got me this gig. He's like, hey, like we're trying to do like a hip-hop reggaeton night. Do you know anyone? My dad's like, oh, yeah, my, my son's starting to DJ. So he got me in there, and obviously two kids showed up, and I was just playing music for them. And during that time, um, the your jerk thing was hot let's go baby so yeah. there's like teams everywhere in utah county mm-hmm. so those guys were like from payson and um they're like hey like we got a good following like do it again next week and we'll we'll like bring all the people that's dope and i'm like yeah sure i'm down and i talked to my dad i was like hey can we do it again next week he's like yeah you got we got nothing to lose right <laughs> was your dad doing any production for he was time, doing you... so there's two rooms he was doing the production and djing for the other room which okay. was a mexican night okay so there was people on that side so regardless, they're going to be open every weekend. And they're doing these events to get the name out of the venue. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's like no risk. I had the, fortunately, I had like the opportunity to do this. So, and yeah, after that happened, the week after, it became a new trend in mm-hmm. in Provo. Um, people started showing up. Then it got to a point like we hit like 200, pe- 200 kids in like mm. a matter of a month. Dang, and just, dude. It was consistent Kind of started building my name like that, and then from well, there... Uh, was that Facebook or Twitter <clears throat> at the time? Like, were you using social media oh, as, as, as a tool for... It was MySpace. My, Good old MySpace, yo. guys. <laughs> MySpace. That's dope, dude. That, that, uh, <laughs> that really puts a little bit more of a date in, into perspective. That's Hopefully sick. you guys know what MySpace is. That's sick. <laughs> That's, I had a MySpace, bro. I'd go on oh, my iPod Touch and... You customize your at page. My, at my friend's house. Yeah, I had my top, top five. Okay. <laughs> what was what was your... What was just, the one of your songs that you had playing when you went on your page? Oh, well, the one that comes to my mind right now is Move Shake Drop by DJ Laz. Yeah, well, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to think this is so funny. I had uh, Dimolo by Enrique Iglesias, <laughs> the ping pong song. Bro, that song was oh, so fire it. when I was in seventh grade. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, shout out to all the MySpace uh, users out there. So <laughs> you're starting to build traction. Uh, at this time, you're, you're still 15, 16. Uh, 14. I was like a, yeah, I was 14. 13, 14. So, cause I was still in ninth grade. I think eighth grade is when I started getting into like the music stuff. Wow. Okay. And, but 14, I think is when I actually dis- got the opportunity to DJ for an actual event, which okay. is the event that I'm talking about right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess I started when I was 13, but wow. yeah, <laughs> it's hmm. been, a, it's been a minute. Hmm. 26 um, now. Jerry. <laughs> Let's see here. We're we're kind of going all over um, in conversation. Uh, uh, tell tell me a little bit more about I guess your father in the industry and his influence on you. You were probably 10, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old helping him 
behind the scenes, loading in and setting up gear? Was that uh, a big influence or inspiration uh, to to your path as a as a full time DJ? Um, honestly, I saw us helping him out because he was my father, and he asked for my help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, so my my dad he started off with CDJs when he used to actually mix CDs, mm. so helping carry his huge like crates of CDs and. Mm. But I don't think that really had an influence. I guess just helping him along the ways. And I'm a very analytical person since I was little. I would like analyze what he's doing. And, but I never really like was like, oh, I want to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's more like my dad was helping me, push, well, he's pushing me to do this so I could break that introvert shyness barrier. Hmm. And obviously I, I didn't put the puzzles together until I was a lot older, right? But mm-hmm. it all made sense what he was doing because, you know, he's looking out for his son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't know how to talk to people and... Um, yeah, I feel like that pressure kind of, kind of made me neglect it, neglect it. So I didn't want to do it. But mm. then like when I actually had the tools, like when my dad put the tools in my face without me noticing and I started playing with it, it's kind of where I was like, I want to keep doing this. This is so cool. Like it amuses me, you know? And then, you know, I play, started playing the drums and that's right. Music yeah. became part of, part of my life. That's right. I, I wasn't a basketball player. I wasn't a like soccer player in high school. I was a DJ slash drummer. You know. I forget That's about the. Uh, I forget about the drums. <clears throat> Did you play that consistently for a number of years? Yeah. Uh, early, well, early high school days. That was my thing, and then, then DJ took over. That's when I started getting busy and doing my own events and whatnot. So, hmm. kind of okay. let that take over. Hmm. Uh, let's see here, Jerry. I- I feel like we could take the conversation quite a few different different directions. Um, one thing that I think is unique about about you as a DJ is that you you are and have been mixing on turntables for a long time. Uh, for those who aren't uh, aren't a DJ or aren't familiar with uh, turntables today, they're like a turntables 2.0 or like a technologically advanced way of mixing on vinyl but not carrying around crates of vinyl. So uh, you're actually mixing on a, using a real turntable and you're using um, either the, like the phase controllers or the new, um, like the new rain turntables. Yeah, like the 12s. Um, essentially, you're still doing and utilizing the techniques and, and skills of a turntable list. Without the needle. Without the needle and it's without needle carrying around your liability. crates. Correct. Thank you for helping me out there. So... Um, for as long as I've known you, you were spinning on turntables. Uh, what was the inspiration to go that direction? Because I feel like there are very two clear paths and you chose that one and not too many DJs, I would say in the last 10 years have chosen to go that way. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you guys some context. So I started, obviously I started with my, with CDJs, CDs. So my American Audio ones, mm. very cheap ones. American my Audio, bro. Yeah. That was my first controller. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, as as time passed, like, I got more into DJing. And was like, okay, I want to get more into this. So my dad actually ended up buying me the TTM57, the Rain TTM57 mixer, where Serato was integrated. It's one of the first mixers that has Serato integrated. And then, you know, studying, looking at videos and whatnot, I saw that people have turntables, but I didn't really grab my interest until one of my old DJ buddies, um, his name is DJ DiMaggio. 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 He's been in the game for a minute. Shout mm-hmm. out to, to DiMaggio. And um, I saw him DJ at a college party in Provo. And he was using turntables. I was just like, wow. Like, I was so like, it was, 
it's so intriguing to me. I was like, I want to do this one day. It's so cool. But what, what, what about it though? What it was just like it? the scratching, the the look. It's just it's just like this is like what a stereotypical DJ is. You know, it's like the first time I see it, cause everyone like controls starting to become a thing, and you know, I was surrounded by CDs. But then like I actually saw full vinyl, saw him scratch, and I was like, this is so cool. I want to do this. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then as time passed by, I was like, started saving money and this and that. And all he had in my mind, my mind's like, okay, I'm gonna get turntables one day. I still have a time frame. You know, I was young, 14, 13, 14, still at that time. And um, I think it was when I hit, two years later is when I had the opportunity to actually purchase my first set of turntables. Hmm. Um, the story behind that is like DJ Sweet 16 at Noah's in Pleasant Grove. That doesn't exist anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. I forget yeah. there was another location down there. There's yeah. Noah's over there. And it's <laughs> doing it in Sweet 16. And um, my dad was helping me helping me out at the time. And we're just talking to, like, the uncles, the dads there and everything. And one uncle uncles mentions that he used to be a DJ. And so my dad, being his goofy self, is like, oh, do you have turntables in your garage? But chance that you could give to my son. And it's like destiny just literally brought us to the point where he said yes <laughs> oh, that's, he's like that's awesome. i have some techniques that have been sitting in my garage for like the past 10 12 years wow. and it's like my dad's like asking how much will he sell to me la la can you give it can you give it to my son can you sell i'll give you 200 whatever it is you know yeah yeah we'll come pick it up tomorrow and luckily the guy said yes wow so next day next morning i'm all excited like dude you were stoked i was stoked because that's, I, you that's know, like I, christmas times 10 exactly especially I was like, at that age dude. i always want to, i want turntables for two years already you know i was yeah. like oh this is my time what the heck wow <laughs> and go and i go get those turntables from the guy and yeah the rest is history i fell in love with them hmm. so that's there funny. are some techniques from 1989 so do you, do you still have, have i them actually or? sold them okay because huh. you know little things that were messed up like the tone arm the pitch so. some important things yeah <laughs> some important things <laughs> uh that that's so dope um as you're explaining this i'm i'm transported back to a conversation i had remember uh bobo comics yes bo johnson, uh, bo I, rem- johnson. I remember talking to him and i think i had seen you mix once or twice and uh you came up in conversation he's like bro dj jerry's so freaking good like he knows how to scratch like none other and um bo's like dude he practices in his room like 24 7 like i swear you look at his like maybe Snapchat or something. He's like always practicing in his room. Um, <laughs> uh, did you, once you got the turntable, spend a lot of time just practicing those simple like baby scratches and transitioning Absolutely. before you started doing that more at, at events live? Um, for sure. It was a lot of practice. Um, it's like when you get a new toy, or new, the new console on Christmas Eve, like let's say when you got the new N64 when you're young or like the GameCube, like mm-hmm. you spent hours playing it. And I, that's why I saw the turntables as I saw them as a toy, as a, mm-hmm. as a, just something I could keep playing because I was enjoying it so much. And I didn't really see it as practicing. I saw it as like playing with my toy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And then um, I feel like the long, the more I did it, I would play it safe when I was actually doing it live at gigs. Gotcha. Until I actually felt confident doing it. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, not until I would hit like eighteen, I would I would start doing like scratch little scratch routines here and there. So it took a couple of years to actually like put it out there live mm-hmm. and show off the skill a little bit. But I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking to that routine you showed me in my room a while ago. Uh, I think it is Little John lyrics where you stutter it. Or, oh gosh, what is it? I'm butchering it now. <laughs> is it is anything coming to mind? Um, 
Is it yeah to get low? Yeah to get low. Yeah. How does that go again? It goes. Um, Usher has a part where he says get low, and then I I cue the get low part, and then I throw in the low John get low song, and then I yes. kind of like wordplay, and then I do a little scratch routine with it. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember hearing that live for the first time. I'm like yo. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have a chance to listen to Jerry's mixes or go to a show, you'll you'll understand. Especially if you're not a DJ, like uh, the technical intricacies and like the wordplay that we're talking about. If you're not a DJ, it probably doesn't make much sense to you. Uh, <laughs> that said, it's a really cool art form. Um, uh, Jerry, let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about uh, hosting events and then the club scene. Uh, I think we've we've got probably another ten or so minutes for sure. Um, you've been hosting events for a while now. Um, you're also, as long as I've known you, you're also an entrepreneur and a businessman. You like the back end stuff and making things happen. Uh, what's the excitement or the inspiration behind that? And kind of what did that journey look like in hosting events? Because yeah. you've been doing it for a hot minute. For sure. Um, so I started doing like little events, you know, when I first started DJing. Mm-hmm. It was honestly just a hobby. I didn't care about the financial side or anything. And a lot of it was just to like help out, help out my dad and my family too. And then from there, like, you know, as I got older, like 17, 18, I kind of started deciding, like, oh, I'm actually making money from this. And then I started getting the joy that, like, seeing the progress of the project. I'm going to call it a project because you start from the beginning, you know, come up with the idea, mm-hmm. come up with the flyer, come up with, like, the marketing strategy. Yep. See what you're going to do, getting the influencers inv- involved and everything and seeing the end result. And I feel like the end result was the best part when you see like thousands or hundreds of people, whatever the case is, just mm-hmm. enjoying that night based on the, uh, just an idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as I got older too, I was like, okay, I could do bigger projects, you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously bigger projects uh, inquired more work. but More just risk? Like, more, more risk, more, because now it's financial risk. Like, and that's kind of from my end, you know, my pocket. Liability. Liability, just yeah. everything. More factors were definitely played. And, um, but the reward was was bigger, you know, and just like, you know, you fail sometimes and it hurts, but when you get that one event that just like, just kills it and you, I don't know, it's just so rewarding, it brings so much joy, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, dang, I made this happen, mm-hmm. like, that's so cool and that's what kind of like makes me kind of, I feel like naturally I became like a business guy, I'm a call entrepreneur and became my nature, you know, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, now I just do a little bit of everything, like whether it's events or little marketing side stuff on the side, you know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is making sense to me. I uh I didn't do events. I didn't host events near <clears throat> as long as you have, uh nor have I did I do it to the uh extent or the magnitude that you've done over the years. Um I think the biggest event we did was about 600 tickets and I was 18 at the time. Heck yeah. Um I mean that was dope, don't get me wrong, but uh uh, I learned a lot in hosting those events uh, because it's a it's a very I guess unique kind of project to work on or to mm-hmm. do, um, and especially as a very you know young kid, not really having like a mentor or someone teaching you these are the things you need to consider. Um, you learn along the way. Absolutely. Uh, in hosting events, was there a particular learning lesson? Uh, throughout the years or during a particular event that you had that uh, you did not see coming or 
uh, made you really pivot uh, in in host the the hosting space. Does mm-hmm. that question make sense? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, I guess the first the first thing that came to mind was stress. You know, when you're hosting your own event, yeah, you have so many different things you have to worry about. It just creates so much stress. And when I'm when I was younger, I just didn't know how to handle it. You know, like sometimes I actually ended up in tears because I was just like couldn't handle the stress anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I got older, I was like, okay, I could handle this. <laughs> I started to understand the whole, the whole game, you know. And then just managing stress, I feel like it's a huge, huge, um, what would you call it? Like, huge thing to like use in anything in your life. So I feel like that helped me a lot. What strategies or things did you implement to manage that stress? Be more organized for sure. Okay. So just kind of like even a simple thing as, as far as creating a checklist. Like okay. that helps a lot. Okay. Or having like, instead of just having like things scattered around, have someone else be in charge of, some, of a different thing. Like for example, have someone be in charge of the tickets or of the money and or like the, the wristbands. Okay. You know? So uh, I guess you <clears throat> assign specific roles or exactly. tasks to the team. Correct. Uh, don't, don't uh, pile on these, ex- all these expectations and things to do for yourself, but um What's the word I want to use? Uh, oh gosh! Oh, not diversified. It, uh, it's uh, the word. The word's gonna come to me when I'm laying in my bed at one in the morning. But uh, <laughs> empower, empower people within your network or, or within your team to execute specific tasks, whether that be um, marketing this, you know, through this particular channel or managing security or wristbands or uh, I, don't, I don't know what else, what else. In the DJs too. Yeah, the, the, the DJs, the yeah. DJs is, is huge, especially when we have like okay. more than one. Okay. Got to coordinate and see like making sure everyone's on the same page, you know. So that was like another one. Obviously, that was my biggest thing when I was younger too, because I was like, "Oh, I, w- I want to play all these songs," you know. <laughs> I oh, okay. want to be the cool DJ. I see. okay. I it's see like little things like that, or like letting the other DJ understand like the vibe that you're trying to create. Okay. You, know, you bring all these guest DJs. Everyone has their own styles, and yeah, you want to make sure they're they're mas- matching your vision, right? Because it's something you're created. There's cohesion uh, as the night builds, mm-hmm. rather than like completely di- different atmosphere from 9 to 10 and then 10 to 11 way different and then yeah, 11 exactly. to 12 I got you um, so let's say there are uh, some young hustling entrepreneurs that want to start hosting events um, but they haven't really done anything uh, yet they haven't acted on it yet if you could give them a little piece of advice what would you like to share with them to, to maybe shorten their learning curve yeah for sure um, don't be scared to shake as many hands as possible just like me as many people as you can take advantage of your young young life mm-hmm. and and don't be scared to ask them to help you out either like when you're young i feel like people are more open to say yes you mm-hmm. know and they'll do it for free they'll do it for a free ticket whatever the case is so mm-hmm. definitely take advantage of that and then um yeah just live like Make your vision come to life, man. <laughs> like, that's the biggest thing. Shoot your shot. And, Shoot your shot. Uh, Don't be scared. And, uh, you know, take 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 the opportunity of the relationships around you. Exactly. And then okay. and have a mindset where, have a very transparent mindset where, like, if you win, you're going to, obviously, you're going to get the financial side. And also, you're going to, you know, create a brand and whatnot. 
And then if you lose, look at it like, okay, I lost 200 bucks, but that was a $200 lesson. So it wasn't, it was worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you just keep moving and growing, you know? Gotcha. So I don't take it, don't give up. Like, don't stop doing events just because you lost one time. Oh, dude, we could spend the whole yeah. podcast talking about just that. Um, <laughs> I, I want to move on. I want to touch on two other quick points. Uh, I mentioned the club scene. Uh, you're 26 now. Of course, in the more recent years, you've transitioned into the club scene. Jerry, if you could take, Take two minutes and tell me a little bit about what that's looked like for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I got introduced into the club scene three years ago, four years ago. And it was just like one of those things where I was like, okay, I want to say I DJ at a club. You know, I had a resident at a oh, club. Yeah. So Was it Marquee? Marquee, yeah. yep. Yeah. Good old Marquee at Club 50 West. Now they're at um, Echo. So. Yeah. Um, so I started off with just me messaging the promoter. He posted an ad like, hey, man, like I got this cool mix. Let me know if you want me to open up for the like that night. Try me out, you know. Huh. And I didn't think much of it. If I was, I was actually expecting to be ghosted, like nothing big. And then he ended up messaging me back, and let's go fun. shooting your shot, yeah. man. Shot my shot, and then yeah. I got it, you know. And then I was just started off as an opener DJ, and then slowly transitioned to becoming the resident, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, kind of learned how to handle so. Okay, just some context too. I I'm considered as a hip hop top forty, you know, open format DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, my background, like my family, you know, they're Latino, but I never really DJ line music. Mm. So Marquee started off as a Latin club, mm-hmm. and I didn't know much about the Latin community, like the Latin music. Mm. Like I wasn't big. I knew like the classics, like Suavemente, you know, nothing crazy, and like just opening up DJing with the other DJs that were there. Um, really helped me like open my eyes I started doing my own like um I started studying you know studying the music different genres and see how I can incorporate my style that I recreated in these years mm-hmm. and yeah and I felt like that style kind of stood out and made me the resident DJ at uh, Marquee for a minute hmm. and then yeah yeah I could officially like mark it down <laughs> off my list like okay I was a resident DJ at a cl- like a hot club in Salt Lake mm-hmm. you know popping club for so, a mm-hmm. good amount of time too mm-hmm. right still is too yeah. to this day yeah so um let's see here Jerry that's one thing that I think and another another thing that I think is unique about you as a DJ is that you are able to be very strong in the Latin crowd or the Latin music you know understand and be able to play Latin music uh Spanish music because for me, that's a barrier that I'm I'm kind of like stopped at. I, I've got a few it's tracks, hard. but I can't yeah. do much. I feel like you really have to not only speak Spanish, but understand the cultures to be able to do that well. And there's like so many genres too. That's yeah. like the subgenres and subgenres. Most challenges, challenges yeah. thing. And then like, mm. okay, little example too. Like Mexico has different parts, like different states have different types of music they like to listen to. Mm-hmm. There's probably like six, seven different genres in Mexico alone. And then there's mm. like South America with all their different genres and... Mm. It's like, yeah, so many genres that you got to play around with. And there's obviously so many different people from different countries that go to these Latin nights. So hmm. you want to cater to all those crowds. And I think that's why I got kind of like, I enjoy going to the club scene because it was a challenge every time, right? So okay. I was like, okay, how am I going to cater to this style of crowd? Or how can I make everyone as one, you know? It's a really so, yeah, it's fun. mature and <laughs> great way of looking at it going in. Um, Jerry, I want to end on one question. One question or two more questions for you, perhaps. Uh, a tip if you're looking to enter into the club scene, what would you suggest to that DJ? And then also a brand new DJ that 
wants to get really good at the technical, the technical skills of mixing, what would you what would you tell them as well? Sweet. So for the first question, um, if you want to get into the club scene, don't don't be scared to network. That's gonna be your biggest. I feel like it's gonna be your biggest strength, biggest tool. Mm-hmm. Meeting all the DJs, even the promoters, being and having a good reputation, right? Because mm-hmm. you never know. Like maybe one one day that DJ is gonna call in sick, and you're gonna be top of mind, so he's gonna hit you up to, to cover for him. You know, yep. yeah. and that's where the opportunities gonna come in for you. You know, mm-hmm. and so obviously, like in this industry, it's like it's all about respect. Like if you create these relationships with these DJs and you create respect, and they'll trust you. You know, what I mean, and mm-hmm. they'll be more than happy to give you the opportunity. Um, so I feel like that'll be the biggest thing, and also like the example I gave, like don't for, don't be scared to shoot your shot. You know, mm-hmm. Cause you never know where that'll take you. Mm-hmm. That one decision could like take you to I don't know EDC or I don't know find, you find your calling, right? So. <laughs> Don't don't be scared to take a shot. And then for the second question is, shadow DJs. Shadow DJs. Shadow. Okay. Shadow. Go on YouTube. YouTube is such a huge tool nowadays. Mm-hmm. Go on YouTube and look at different DJs. Like how to. You can even look up how to DJ, and some of the top DJs in the in this whole industry are gonna pop up. You know, like yeah. DJ Preyon or um, Carlos Antedidos. I think that's his name. Hmm. It's like all these guys. You know, like these are legit like professionals and they share the knowledge on YouTube. <laughs> so share the knowledge, DJ TLM, yeah. you know, him? Yo, yeah. TLM too. That dude. Oh Love my TLM. gosh. That takes me He's back. So cool, man. Yeah. I, I, I remember DJ TLM, uh, like watching YouTube videos of him years and years ago. And I remember learning about what dig- the digital vinyl system is, what DVS mm-hmm. is through time code and, uh, control vinyl because of him on YouTube. <laughs> so cool. so I, I, I hear you loud and clear there. Um, Jerry, thank you, bro. Uh, I, as much as you know, I want to share, uh, you know, my my experience as an entrepreneur and DJ growing up, and my friends. Like, I also want this to be like educational, and beneficial for DJs and entrepreneurs. And so, absolutely, um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, if uh, the listeners, followers want to check you out uh, on Instagram, what's that? What's the handle? Oh yeah, uh, DJ Jerry Utah. Very simple, very easy, and don't be scared to hit me up. Like I'll be more than happy to respond and share and like answer any questions you guys have. So hit him up before he's head, uh, headlining in, in Vegas. <laughs> you know, every every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, uh, Jerry's the man. He's a great friend of mine, and uh, I think like seven seven years, bro. It's crazy. DJ Jerry behind the energy podcast episode 25. Uh, check him out on Instagram. We'll catch you next week for next episode. Peace.